Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Is It Mo Quarantine, though. I'm your host, Ziad Dadaboy. Today, we have Muhammad Kamran on. Muhammad Kamran is the regional director for Miss Chicago, and he's also the co-founder of Midwest Muslim United Student Association, aka Musa, alongside me. The both of us founded this organization to connect the college MSAs in the Midwest, and it's been our first year so far, and as you can see, it's been quite a wild year since we've already hit into a global pandemic. But other than that, Kamran also works as uh, an engineer at an automotive parts manufacturer. So Kamran, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how the pandemic has been hitting your job. All right, so everyone, uh, very excited to be here. Uh, yeah, so it's been a little bit different for us uh, because our job really depends on our customers, uh, like the what they are doing. So pretty much, as the ad said, I work for an automotive parts supplier. And we supply parts for Honda, Toyota, and Nissan. So our production schedule depends on theirs. So last week, they shut down their production line for two weeks. So our production lines got shut down for two weeks as well, just because we didn't have any parts to supply them. So we do it on a weekly basis. So all our plant, uh, like the, the operators and stuff, got uh, furloughed for two weeks. Um, and... Then I guess the order came out that the whole company is off for a week and we should be going back soon. But it's it's a day-to-day thing that changes every single day just based on newer and newer news. So when you say you got furloughed for the week, so has the company kind of been really good in communicating to you like what your guys' next steps are? Are you able to like apply for unemployment or is it more of just wait the week and see? Yeah, so we are, everyone's allowed to apply for unemployment, and we have plants across five different states in Mexico. So the Mexico plant is still running, but across the five states, we, uh, we're allowed to apply for unemployment during this week. Um, mm-hmm. And But the good thing is that we're not laid off, we're just furloughed, so the company will still be taking care of benefits and everything like that. So thankfully, we haven't lost like health insurance and stuff like that the way other people have. Oh, okay, that's really good then. So then right now you're out for the week. Are you coming back home for that time or what's going to happen? So I wasn't planning on it originally. Uh, so the, the way it came down for us first was that they a couple of weeks ago, they stopped all travel for the company. Um, before that, I used to travel every single week. The past couple of weeks, I've just been working out of the Tennessee plant where I'm based um, and just been going in as I need to, or just staying at home and uh, self-distancing as I need to. (laughs) But now that it's getting, uh, everything is shut down for a week. My parents have been telling me to come back. So I've been thinking about it, but I'm also worried that like, if I test like a gas station handle or something like that on the way, I wanted to like go home and like affect family and stuff too. And Chicago is a lot worse than Tennessee is right now. The whole county here only has two cases so far. Oh, man. Yeah, you don't want to be the reason it spreads in Tennessee. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's interesting because you're saying that, you know, you don't want to bring it back. Um, I think one of the things that everyone's saying is, oh, just like wash your hands and stuff, like change the clothes. But there's such a big difference between like, you know, just going out for groceries and coming back towards like your own place and you kind of moving back from Tennessee to Chicago and potentially not even like worrying about bringing it to Chicago, but kind of taking it all the way back to Tennessee if you have to go back the next weekend. Yeah, that is definitely going to be interesting. I was planning on stopping at Walmart and getting gloves and hand sanitizer, but I have a feeling they're going to be out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Purell has been able to keep up with the demand. 
And I'm assuming there isn't much to do from home for y'all. There's no like work from home that you guys can do in the meantime. Yeah, there really isn't for me because uh, I work on the manufacturing support side. So most of my day is spent on the actual plant floor. And the majority of my projects have been at our Ohio plant. So mm-hmm. being in Tennessee has pretty much just been do it, pushing off the rep, like catching up on the reports I've been pushing off for a few months and just doing like very menial, like inventory tasks and stuff like that, that they get to be pretty boring. So I've been trying to do a little bit and then just try to find things to pass the time that are a little bit more exciting. So it's definitely been a huge change where I went from, I'd only see my apartment two days out of the week to being here like 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah, I'm guessing, you know, traveling a lot. Like, how was that for before, you know, the whole pandemic? How how were you adjusting to that traveling lifestyle? It honestly wasn't too bad. Uh, the nice part, especially when I was living at home with my parents, was every single dollar that I made, I got to keep because all our expenses were taken care of. So I really didn't have any expenses. But then once I got my apartment, it was like, I'm paying for an apartment that I don't live in. <laughs> And now I get to and now I guess it's coming in handy because I've actually been spending a lot of time here and making up for the time that I wasn't here. No, that's definitely true. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things about consulting. It's like, especially if you're, you know, just a single guy living in a uh, apartment on your own, for the most part, you're not even there. Like it's weekends and that's it. Yeah, exactly. I'm guessing you're already at gold status with whatever hotel you're, you usually stay at. Yeah, I'm at diamond status with Hilton, uh, diamond, platinum status with Enterprise. um and then i have a travel credit card and i hit the bonus in like two weeks so it's 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 been beneficial where i get to enjoy the perks of traveling um and it's not it's not anywhere exciting but it's still nice to travel yeah i think i remember we met up in ohio once and you're like look i got free breakfast and everything like gold status is good to go or diamond now actually it's like good to go you're you're set for no matter where you go because i mean they're definitely gonna treat the people who stay there day in and day out right yeah for sure and it's 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 been very helpful too where like i i went on a bachelor party trip with my friends and i was able to use all my points to like pay off our hotel for the weekend that's pretty dope so then Working from home, though, I mean, like in terms of having this time off, how has it been for you in terms of getting stuff done for the different orgs that you've been a part of? So it would have been nice to have all this free time to get a lot of stuff done, but it became an issue when all the stuff got canceled. Um, Mm. I guess, especially for MIST, it was when we like first started hearing about it um, and like our national leadership team was like, it's not that bad. Like we could still go on, which is pretty much the reaction that everyone was having, like yeah. regardless of organization. Yeah. I think even, you know, from Mist, I think you guys canceled what, like a couple of weeks ago, like in middle of March. Yes. Yeah, um, so we ended up canceling the second week of March. Which is pretty early compared to a lot of like, you know, organizations when they ended up canceling, you know, I saw some even canceling last week only. Like it was in until many, many waited until orders were given down just because so many people had put down, I think it, it comes more down to then just, just the financial aspect of it, but so much more of like you put so much work into it that for many, it's such an emotional time to like have to cancel something. You've put so much you know time into planning and to, you know, getting people excited about and then just having to like theoretically cancel it because you don't even know when you could postpone it until. Yeah, exactly. It's like for, uh, for a lot of our regions, it ended up coming down to our venues. 
Um, like, for example, when it first started getting bad, the first weekend in March, uh, Miss New Jersey held their regional. And they were the only region that was actually able to host their competition. Uh, and then in that week after, I think it was, I want to say like the 11th or 12th or something like that. We like a lot of regions started discussing things and like New York got hit really badly. So they were the first ones to postpone. And then a lot of the other regions in that week started getting notifications and stuff like that, that their, their venues had like canceled like classes were all online and they canceled all events that were outside of campus. And I remember I was, I talked to my associate directors and we said, okay, like as long as UIC is still open, we can do the event. And then, then more and more started coming out about like things going crazy in Illinois. And I was on the phone with them when the NBA announcement came out that Rudy Gobert tested positive. (laughs) The NBA suspended indefinitely. And oh then, yeah, and then right after that, I had a call with my whole board, and I was like, yeah, we're going to cancel it. Because just that morning, I talked to UIC, and they said, no, nothing's going on right now. And then that evening, UIC sent out the email saying all classes are moved to online following spring break. Had you paid US, UIC any money yet, or is it just like, they do they refund any money, or was it more you hadn't paid anything yet? We hadn't paid anything yet. We got lucky. The only thing that we had paid so far was our insurance and our website hosting fee. So mm-hmm. it was menial compared to our budget. And all of our down payments were due in that week because it was, we ended up canceling just approximately a month before our event. We canceled, I think, March 10th, or I guess postponed March 10th. And our event was supposed to start April 10th. So all our down payments were due that day or that week, mm-hmm. that weekend. So we got lucky that we hadn't paid anything yet and our registration was still open. So we hadn't gotten a lot of money and stuff in yet. So we haven't, so I guess we haven't decided what our future is. So we haven't discussed like refunds and stuff yet, but that was helpful for us where our cash flow hadn't been that high. So we don't have to worry as much about finances. Gotcha. So yeah, so I think for the audience uh, who don't know, MIST stands for Muslim Interest Classic Tournament. And you don't really need to know that for the conversation. It's more of just need to know that they host an event every year and it's a pretty big event, you know, four to 500 high school students um, and just kind of the planning going into that, having to cancel it pretty last minute is just a big kind of ordeal. Um, and as you said, you know, even looking at refunds, that's a pretty big thing to like kind of handle. Like, how do you do that logistically? Do you just plan to still have the event? You know, cause when we canceled it, um, I think the conversation was, Hey, maybe after Ramadan, because everything could go back to normal and, you know, school would still be in session so we can just host it. So you would, just have that money and then you would then pay the hosting venue and everything and just have the event then. Uh, but then it's like, at what point do you see that, Hey, maybe it's just not happening this year and you might have to refund everyone. Right. Um, and then it gets into, there's all these different fees and it's like who pays for those fees and stuff like all the processing stuff. So yeah, it's a really complicated, you know, I think decision on what to do when you just can't, it's not as simple as like, okay, the event's not happening. There's a lot of stuff that goes uh, on behind the scenes and figuring out how do you properly cancel this type of an event at this type of size? Yeah, for us, it's been like most of the regions are still postponed indefinitely. Uh, there's only a couple of regions that have actually canceled. Um, and it's just a matter of just seeing what, what this curve go, ends up being. And one of the options we've discussed is doing an online mist, which definitely takes a lot away from the actual like atmosphere of mist. Yeah, but it's just going to depend on how things go 
and we still haven't made a decision. Our plan was to make a decision this upcoming weekend by the end of March, but we still haven't been able to get a clear picture of things. So it's probably not going to be until like closer to Ramadan when we actually decide what we're going to do. And it's definitely difficult for us too, because we had a lot of big things planned because it was supposed to be our 10th anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, do we have an online miss for our 10th anniversary and it's not very climactic or not very exciting? Or do we just postpone it and then celebrate our 10th anniversary next year? Yeah, it's a tough decision because, I mean, I think for especially, you know, as you said, 10th anniversary is something that you want to have. Not just like, I think the reason why it would be anti-climactic online and not just because of, oh, it's online, is because it's also an opportunity to get all the people who have been doing Mist for the past 10 years kind of coming back and like a reunion of sorts. Um, so definitely, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with it. Um, because at the same time, it's like when you cancel an event that happens yearly and you just don't have one one year, you lose a lot of momentum, you lose a lot of hype, you lose a lot of people who are interested that year and it may not carry over to the next year. Um, but I think that's also usually if a circumstance happens where it may be not like this, where it's a global pandemic and every single event is being canceled. Um, and that happened with us as well. Uh, Carmen and I, when we were doing Musa for the uh, for the org that we started, we're, we were doing a similar uh, type of a tournament style weekend event um, and we had to cancel as well. But it, and it came down to, you know, we were trying to do it where like I posted on a Wednesday and it was that same week, you know, you guys were posting about Mist. We posted on a Wednesday that, hey, we're looking at everything that's happening and we'll make the decision by this weekend. And then within 24 hours, DePaul, our university that we were going to be hosting at, had switched everything to online and cancel all events. And so we just had to cancel within like 24 hours. Um, and it was just like, we, we didn't even have time to like have a whole week to like kind of process what's going on. It was like, you know, within 24 hours, you just had to cancel because everything's just been changing so rapidly with these type of pandemics. Yeah, it's crazy how things got so crazy within the span of that week. I know we were discussing about Mist and Musa and figuring out what to do for Showdown uh, and Mist. And it was just like, okay, things don't seem that bad in Chicago. Like we'll still be all right. And then like in this period of probably it was like the next like 48 hours where everything just went like insane like for mm-hmm. I, I can't think of any other word to describe it it's just <laughs> everything just went from like zero to a hundred like real quick yeah I think that was what like the biggest part of having I think the pandemic versus just like oh you know we didn't have enough numbers or we didn't have this or like this type of thing happened or like the venue wasn't working with us it was just like such an external factor that everyone kind of understood it wasn't even like oh man why are you guys canceling oh man can we do something else it was just like yeah no we understand we had to cancel i think that was the reason we canceled much earlier than other orgs as well is because we were an organization like an event where a lot of young people were coming um, and a lot of people that were going to be traveling from city to city or state to state and we were like we just don't want to be responsible for anyone like spreading it to their hometown and stuff yeah that was definitely a big thing too even more for showdown than for mist because mist the we do get some schools from out of state we get a few schools from wisconsin and and indiana and then a a few schools from from central and southern illinois so like it's not as far but musa was like people coming from like several different states like all across the midwest and each state had like different levels of response. Like Ohio and Kentucky had really good responses where 
like some other states didn't as much until later on. Like Michigan just went to shelter in place this past week. And mm-hmm. like Minnesota, the same thing this past week. And it's like, if we had like had the event and somebody had been in contact with someone who had tested positive and if they were carrying it, it was like, it's such a big issue where if people go back and it spreads to their families and a lot of Muslim families, they have like grandparents and stuff living with them. That's even a bigger risk. Like, yeah, we might be sick for a week or two, but it's not like, like uh, other people are not so fortunate. And like, we're starting to hear about like cases and stuff, like people that we know in the community that had it or people from the area that passed away because of it. And it's like, it just makes you worry so much. And it's, it's such a big liability. Like you want to have these events because they make a positive difference, but you don't want it to be the reason that a lot of people suffer. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think one of the biggest things, as you said, was that so many Muslim families, you know, so many of the kids that would come to MIST and show that are many immigrant families and they have so many elderly people back at home. It was just like such a thing that was weighing on us. Um, but, you know, to kind of pivot to a completely different point, I, I know that, you know, both of us were tagged in that push-up challenge, but I still haven't done it, but you seem to have done it and more. What's what's your home workout looking like these days? So it was like, since I started this job, I started about, back in about August and I gained about 20 pounds just from eating out three meals a day, five days a week. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I need to start working out before this gets out of control. So the past like few weeks before I'd stopped traveling, I'd started going to like the hotel gym. Like it's not a huge setup. Maybe there's like a few dumbbells and stuff, but I started getting into a workout routine just so like it would just let me unwind from a long day. And since then I was like, okay, I have to keep this momentum going. Cause like, I'm going to be sitting at home for who knows how long, like how many months, like we're going to be like, like travel is going to stop for work so I was like all right at least I can I can do home workouts and stuff and it's been nice because it's like it at least gets me a little bit active and I definitely feel a lot better Uh, and it's just been like push-ups and pull-ups and stuff like that like I got lucky I have a pretty tall door frame um so I've been able to do pull-ups and stuff like that too but it's just mostly been just like home workout like calisthenics and stuff um and it honestly doesn't take long it takes 10 minutes at most and most of it's like rest time anyways so I've just been making sure I get in at least 10 minutes of working out a day. Yeah, I think that's something that I think has been really hard for me still is trying to just have that motivation to even get like 10 minutes in during the day. Um, you know, still having that full-time job at home, like you want to kind of block out that that's like work time. Um, and then once you're done with that, it's still like, you're still tired, right? Like most of my tired being from work isn't because like, oh, I'm going into the office. That's not the tiring part. It's like work is so tiring. Um, so then, you know, after work, it's like, there's just less incentive because of my apartment gym is closed like that. When my apartment gym was closed, I was really good. I was going every day. I was using like the bike every day, building up a sweat, but just like at home workout has been really hard for me to get motivated or even like to go running outside. I'm just like really unmotivated to do any of that. Maybe after this call, I might just go run for a bit, but (laughs) we'll see. Yeah, it's definitely like it's a little bit hard to like get the motivation to but once you start doing it for a few days it definitely helps me and like I'm glad I started doing it because otherwise I would have just been like sitting at home and like my junk food cabinet was just stocked so I was just eating junk food every single day so I was like okay I need to at least like counterbalance this a little bit yeah so have you been even handling like the few days that you've been at like you know at home quote-unquote like work from home while you've been waiting for the plant and stuff it hasn't been too bad uh it's just like 
just the writing reports and stuff is kind of tedious um and it's not very fun at all like i would much rather be actually on the plant floor doing work and stuff like that um so it's just been i guess a lot more mentally draining just figuring out problems and like writing reports and stuff for them um and it's also it's just like it just changed my whole schedule around like completely but it hasn't been too bad and i've been like trying to make sure i get into a routine every day and like break my day apart and like be more productive so i'm not just just focusing on work where like i can also like multitask while i'm doing other jobs and stuff like if i'm on a meeting i can maybe like just clean up around my apartment or something like that where if it's not something that i need to like be actively participating and i just need to listen in so and it's been definitely helpful otherwise like my apartment would have been a huge mess from just not doing anything but i'm just trying to make do like small steps and be incrementally productive so in terms of, you know, being getting like this type of job, what drove you into this field? So when I was applying for colleges, it was like I've been applying for a lot of schools that I applied to was for aerospace engineering. Um, and that's what I'd always wanted to go into. But UIC just happened to be the one school I applied to that didn't have an aerospace program. It had a mechanical engineering <laughs> program. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll just do mechanical engineering. And then I also had a huge passion for cars. So it just drove me to want to be in the automotive industry. And that's what drove me to it. And I definitely don't regret it at all. Um, it's like every day I go into work and it's, it's exciting. And it's, there's a new challenge every single day. It's not like some other jobs where you, you're doing the same task over and over again. It's a lot more fun where you have new problems to try to figure out every single day. Right, and then on that note, what are what are your top three cars? Um, well, first I'd have to say my car. I have an Audi <laughs> S4. Um, very beautiful car. Yeah, I like it. It's very fun to drive. It's the older ones. Um, so I guess for people that know cars, it's this eight-cylinder one before they went down to the six-cylinder, and it's manual. So it's, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's all-wheel drive, eight-cylinder, and a manual, so it's very, very fun to drive. Um, my second car would probably be, a 1969 Chevy Camaro, which I guess so is what my Instagram name takes off of. Um, <laughs> and then my third car would probably be the Lamborghini Aventador. Oh, I love a good Lamborghini. Yeah. That's the, if I, inshallah, if I make enough money car. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, I'm 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 definitely a big Lamborghini guy. I, I like the sharp angles and stuff. Like over, I mean, Ferraris are beautiful, but like when when people compare Lamborghini and Ferrari, I just like the Lamborghini aesthetic more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really did like the Ford versus Ferrari movie. Did you get to check that out? Yeah, I did. Um, and it, like so, a lot of my coworkers, they're like they're very into cars as well. Uh, like I have a coworker that like races cars and stuff, like builds them and races them. So we went to watch the movie in theaters. Uh, and just because we were, we were already, at, we were at working together at one of our plants. So we were just like, oh, we have the evening free. Let's just go watch it. Cause we usually just go out for dinner or whatever. So we were like, yeah, let's go watch the movie. And we both really liked it. And it was like, I think it was like a three hour long movie. Right. And it, it definitely, yeah, it was a long movie. It definitely didn't feel long at all. And it was like, like there's some long movies where they have like slow parts and stuff like that. Like even. Like, for example, like Interstellar, like the first half of the movie was a little slow. Then like the last half got a lot better. Like, I didn't feel like Ford versus Ferrari was like that at all. 
where it was like it was just all action and it was just interesting the whole way through yeah i think definitely when i like left the movie i was just surprised that it was that long of a movie i was like it did not even feel like that i think what really led to that was because of the racing's were so like kind of adrenaline building mm. and it made you like really feel like you're a part of it whereas some racing movies it's more of just like kind of like top down that you just kind of see the race happen whereas this one really took you into like the car itself and like what was going on uh, also did not realize like the race that they did over in europe was basically like a very small track they just went around over and over and over i thought it was like a much longer track yeah i mean i'd, I'd known a little bit about the le mans but i like started reading up on it and stuff a lot more after it and it's it's just crazy because they have like just whatever mile track i think it's like eight mile track and you just go over and over again and there's so many like different interesting rules and stuff like even you see at the end of the movie or sorry spoiler alert if anyone hasn't watched it skip the next <laughs> little bit um where the guy like he, he he his car was further back so he had to run a little bit longer so he had so he got the victory instead of uh the main character yeah i thought it was like really weird like they all crossed at the same time but because like one you know had started further back technically he was like in front so it was all weird like that mm-hmm. yeah and it was and I, I felt like the movie was very historically accurate too where a lot of times where movies will start like well, movies will add things to make stuff more interesting. Like, for example, like remember the Titans? Like Sunshine, like was it an actual like character like in the in the actual story? He was just something that was added later. <laughs> um, and it was just like to show like the different like acceptance and like rejection of people. Where in Ford versus Ferrari, like that whole like drama with the the man the precedent from ford where he was like he wanted like his car to cross first so he like made made uh made shelby's car pull back like that stuff was like all accurate when it actually happened yeah that's like it it was like really made me mad seeing all of that just because i was like man this guy's been working all of his life to like get to this point and it's just all like politics that are holding him back i was like I was getting so mad, and I was just like, man, this is really annoying. The Ford should get hit for this. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like, though. Even though it was, like, a Ford kind of victory story, it didn't make Ford just seem like the most amazing thing. Like, it showed, like, the faults in the company at the time and, like, the way they were thinking that it was more of, like, Shelby brand that really took them through it. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's something that we see now, too, with a lot of companies where they're not very receptive to change, and those are the companies that fail. Yeah, no, Definitely. I think Shelby, I really enjoyed just seeing like where they like kind of came from and stuff because I remember when I was young, I watched that movie Gone in 60 Seconds and he had the Shelby GT500 as like, you know, his dream car. It was like the perfect car, like the one that he could never really steal. He named it Eleanor and everything. So I've always loved the Shelby GT500 and so kind of just seeing like where the Shelby brand started and where like it got its like room like famous from was really cool to see as well. Yeah, for sure. That's, That's definitely a beautiful car too. Yeah, I think for me, like the Shelby GT500, um, any Lamborghini, and then like the uh, Subaru, uh, was it BRZ? Those are like my top three cars right now. Like, I just love the Subaru BRZ just because it looks so slick, but it's also like not like a super expensive car. Because it's like a car that I theoretically could get if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but other than that, how's a... Uh, How's the pandemic been hitting for you guys' family? I know your brother is in med school and your sister's, uh, you know, in residency, I believe. How's that been with them, like, going to the hospitals and stuff? Yeah, it's definitely uh, been interesting because, 
like most of my family works in healthcare. Like I have like an uncle who's a doctor and my dad works with him on like the operation side. So like they both go in every day to the clinic and like they've been taking like precautions and stuff. But like my sister and all my cousins and stuff, they're all like, you guys need to be a lot more careful. Like you guys need like full body PPE and everything. Um, for my sister, things have gotten a little bit easier because she's she's a resident, but she's in ophthalmology. So it's like whenever there's something to do with the eye, like somebody like she'll get called in and they've been getting a lot less ER patients because mm-hmm. before it used to be like because ERs can't turn away people. So people like have just like chest pains or something like that. And it won't be a heart attack, but they'll still come in just to get like medicine and prescriptions and stuff like that. Um, and they like they call them like frequent flyers, like people that'll just come in for the smallest things just to get medicine and stuff. And they're on like yeah. Medicaid, so like it, they like they can't get turned away. So a lot of those have gone down for her. And before, it, like when she used to be on call and stuff, she would have to go in like multiple times at night. And so like my mom or my sister's mother in law would end up going there to like help take care of the baby and stuff while she while she was at work, and just like help my brother in law out. But like. It's got. It's been a lot easier for her now because they they don't have as many cases because people are all scared of going to the hospital too for like smaller things and like they're being discouraged to go for smaller things. Um, and then for my brother, all his rotations got canceled, but his residency is supposed to start in Brooklyn in a couple months, and that's a hospital that's been like overrun by corona patients. And so like he still doesn't know for sure if they're gonna like push the start date back a little bit or if they're going to pull it forward so they have more support because I guess like once he graduates he's he's a resident so like he can like practice it's not like he's in medical school where he technically still doesn't have like the license to practice yeah that's crazy I mean it's like what a time you know because usually all residents you know start sometime in the middle of summer I know he even had his match day canceled and so just having that kind of uncertainty and then just being thrown kind of right into the middle of a pandemic. Well, like what a way to start residency. Might as well just like shorten the residency by a year because they're going to get all the experience they need. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely crazy to see where like, I guess I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm the one that <laughs> didn't go to medical school. Um, but it's, it's so different seeing like the way things are so different in each field where like for us, like normally every day is so hectic because we have to have however many parts like shipped out to the customer every single day. But like, then you take a step back and realize like, yeah, like cars are a luxury. Like you don't really need it. Where if, if I was like working in like the healthcare manufacturing for like PPE or ventilators or something like that, like my days probably would have gotten a lot busier. Do you think your guys' factory might like be retooled for that? I don't think so. Just because we're not really like our equipment isn't really fitted for it. Um, because we do like automotive fabrics if you guess if you want to say because it's like sound dampening equipment and so a lot of it's like fabrics and fiber and stuff like that and our factory definitely isn't very like i guess not like a like i wouldn't say dirty but it's like there's a lot of like fiber and like small particles and stuff floating around so it probably isn't safe for like ppe or ventilators and stuff because healthcare stuff needs to be done in like clean rooms and stuff like that so i don't think we have the capacity I definitely would be supportive if our company did that, but I just don't think we have the capacity to it. It would cost us so much more to like, like change our whole manufacturing lines to be able to build this for, I guess, who knows how long, but it just, 
like it, it would just be like none of our equipment tooling and everything none of that is like fitted for this uh, okay yeah that makes a lot of sense because i know the president you know did that like he invoked that order to make gm do vent like make ventilators but i know they put a certain amount of cost to help them like retool a, you know a factory but that's more of like gm versus i think you guys you know are a supplier to like honda and accord um and i don't think he's going to make like a non-american company do it i think the act is mainly towards like american companies mm-hmm. yeah and it's interesting though like if you want to buy an american car you end up you should actually buy like a japanese manufacturer car because like a lot of the american plants are like in mexico or overseas and stuff like that and the japanese plants like they're all made in the midwest uh like like honda toyota nissan like they're all in like ohio kentucky tennessee that's where like all their plants are Mm -hmm. so like if i guess if that was invoked for anyone like any company in the u.s like toyota north america honda north america could technically do it but they're like their manpower and like resources and stuff are just so much bigger like they're they're like hundreds of billions of dollar companies and we're like a few hundred million so like our margins and stuff are a lot lower too and they have like thousands of engineers and we have like a dozen gotcha yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah i think these days when people are like oh it's an american company or it's a japanese company or it's like a german company it's all just based off like you know, where the company is based, but like the actual car itself, it's so international. Like parts are from all over. It's assembled like all over. Like I would never think like an American car is only made in USA or like a Japanese car is only made in Japan. Like there's so many, it just doesn't make sense for them anymore. Like if you can assemble it in the US and get parts from all over, that's going to be just more efficient for them. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And not just that too. It's like, it's a lot of it comes down to just like cost because and not just like the cost of actually building a car, but for us, it's like, we're based in North America because we ship to cars made in North America, but there's also <laughs> Japanese cars that are made in Asia. And those like, they're like, we have our parent company makes those parts in Asia and our other parent company makes those parts in Europe. So like, it's just a matter of, cause like, there's like automotive manufacturing plants, like all over the world. And they, <laughs> they usually build the cars like for the area that they serve. Like most of the cars made in like the Honda plant here, would go to would would be sold in the u.s yeah i mean that just makes sense at this point like they want to minimize the amount of uh, shipping that they had to do because you guys said that your plant is pretty near the actual like honda plant as well right yeah i think the furthest any of our plants is away from one of the automotive manufacturing plants is probably three hours okay yeah that's really close <laughs> all right man, uh jazakla karakarman for joining us uh you know it's been really interesting seeing how you know, different industries have been hit. I know we've talked to mainly a lot of like medical or like consulting people. So it's been interesting seeing someone, you know, kind of in a more of a engineering in the field type of uh, business. Uh, any last words or social media you want to shout out for the audience? Uh, my Instagram is Camaro7, uh, Camaro like the car, but with a K. And my Twitter <laughs> is Camazing7, just amazing with the K in front of it. I really like the K, right? <laughs> K for Comrade. Um but yeah, uh, follow Miss Chicago and Midwest MSA on all our social media as well. Uh, and we're just trying to make a small difference in everyone's lives at an age where people are very impressionable. So please support us. Definitely. Jazakla Care for coming on. Uh, Jazakla Care, everyone, for listening today. As always, I'm your host, Yadadaboy. You can find me at ZBHOY or at IMMTCast. Salam.